We're glad you're here with us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We pray God's word speaks to your heart today as Pastor Chapman Laxton shares the word with us. Well, good to see you tonight. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, my name is Chapman Laxton. I am an associate pastor here at Christian Ministries Church, and I'm also the youth pastor. Um, and the last few weeks have been really, really cool because we've got something really awesome going on, and that's our Project Christmas. And uh, we're going to talk more about that. But um, as, as we've been talking about this, we've just really been expounding upon the, fa- the fact um, in staff meeting and as pastors been preaching, um, the importance of love within the church. And, and, and it's imperative that we get a hold of that. Um, and as I just was studying for this, I was reading the other day, and this quote came up, and I thought it just was so true as I was getting my thoughts fixed on what God had for us tonight. And it says this. It says, the church is one of the few extraordinary places where no matter the man or woman, the background of being rich or poor, the age of being young or old, all are welcome to come to the same place and fix themselves around the pursuit of the same exact thing. When you think about the church and what it does, it unites people. At least that's what it should do. It unites people. And the uniting thing is the very thing that's been at the center of everything since all things were created and started. And that's God. That's our Father. And that's been God's plan since the beginning. You look at the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2, verse 15 through 17. It's been God's plan to have a community of people. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you certainly will die. Ask yourself this question. What was at the center of the garden? There was relationship with God, and there was obedience with God. When we, when we truly consider what really was in the garden, okay, you can go through all the things, you can go through all the animals, you can go through all the trees, you can go through all the fruit. But, but in reality, what really was so special about the garden was God created a place. And he took his people to that place and said, let's have relationship, and as long as you're in obedience with me, you'll walk with me every day. That's been God's plan since the beginning, since the Garden of Eden. It's been God's plan. And one day when we all go to heaven again and we see God's plan playing out again, he's going to have his people centered around him in relationship and obedience to him. You go from covenant to covenant. You go from Abraham's promise to the promised land to exile, to back out of exile, to exile again. Everything was about getting a community of people centered around our God is the one true God. Our king is the one true king. And in all of his infinite power and splendor, God's heart has always been for a community of believers. See, in that, we understand we're to walk with God. The other part of it is to be in obedience with God. And and that's what we've been talking about these last few weeks as we've been discussing a certain commandment that Jesus gave us in the new covenant. It's that we're to be a part of a certain family and that we're to do something in that family. Um, John 13, verse 34 through 35 says, A new command I give you, 
Love one another. As I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. See, our family is the family of light. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. We are the family of light. And over the last few weeks, we, we've talked about the law of Christ. And, and as I just read, the commandment that God has given us is to bear one another's burdens and to love one another. The action of love, not, not thoughts of love or positive vibes of love, or, but to do things that reveal how we truly feel in love towards one another. Um, Galatians 6, 2, we've, we've, we've read this a lot, but I want to read it again because it's important. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Yes, there's a law in Christ. That's to love one another. And the way we love one another is in action. Um, Romans 12, 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always eager to practice hospitality. Now, it's important that we recognize that we are to love certain people, but these passages of Scripture are specific and directed towards the family of light. But I want you to see that God is leading the charge for us and has been leading the charge for us in this since the beginning of time because God himself is the Father of light. I, I want you to take, take consideration here in Genesis 1, verse 2. It says, The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came. Now, pay really close attention. The sun and the moon weren't made till day four. You and I don't worship the sun or the moon. We don't worship the sun or moon. We worship the one who created light. See, beyond just creating a source for light, we worship the, we worship the father of light. Before there was a sun, before, God said, let there be light. And there was light. We, we worship the father of light. He, he separated light from darkness. And when he did that, there was an action behind that. There was a thought towards, I don't want my people to be in darkness. I don't want my creation to be in darkness. But I want people to see that their light doesn't come from the sun. It comes from me. I'm the father of light. I, James 1, verse 16. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be the kind of first fruits of all he created. See, our Father, the Father of light, started a process within us. And what he gave us is what he was, which was light. He gave us something. And, and this is the season that we're celebrating this gift. See, he's the father of lights. And that makes him a good father. He's a good father, not because of what he says, only. Not because of his ability, only. 
Not because of what he can do only, but he's a good father because of what he gives. He's a good father because of how he shows his love. See, he shows his love. This, this verse says every good and perfect gift comes from God. He doesn't cast shadows. God gives good gifts, perfect gifts. A good and perfect gift meets the needs of the person who's receiving the gift. That, that's what we've been talking about with Project Christmas. He's the father of light, and he's been leading us into this. And, and I love in, in Matthew ch- uh, chapter 7, it talks about you understand as, as earthly fathers how to good, good, give good gifts. If your son were to ask for bread, who'd give him a stone? If he were to ask for a fish, who'd give him a snake? Okay, if you understand that concept, how much more then do you think I, your father, or your father in heaven, understands how to good, good gifts? He invented the, the, the whole thing. I mean, he was the one that started off. He's the father of light. And see, the father of light had a son. And his son, his first son, was Jesus. And Jesus is the light that was given to us. John, chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Other translations will say, and darkness cannot overcome it. See, this light, this light that it's talking about there, I was, uh, Pastor Ash had given us a book by uh, Kenneth Hagin. And in the beginning of this book, Kenneth Hagin's talking about this translation of light. This light is the same light that we were talking about whenever the spirit was over the void of the waters. It's a developmental light. It's a light that doesn't just stand as like a, as a source of, oh, there's light. It's a transformation. It's developmental. When you think about the light that has been given to us, it's transformative. It's not just, oh, it's bright and now it's not dark anymore. We've been given something through Christ. The sun came and in it, it says, that the life was the light of all mankind. His, his life as the son of the father of light gave us a light that gave us power. And through the Son, we have relationship with the Father. Because whenever he said, I have to leave, so that the Holy Spirit could come, the Holy Spirit came to multiply what Christ did. And that was to make us like him. And now Jesus gave us a name. As he was the Son of light, he's able to make more light. It's it's like when you've ever, ever had a candle and you've got one candle that's lit. Uh, and I love what Jill did with the, with the candles. I, she didn't even know I was going to talk about candles in my deal. Jill just. But when you take a candle that's, that has light and has, has that flame and you touch it to another, what happens? Now that one. Now you have two candles. Then when you take that candle and you touch it to another, now you have three. And so on and so forth. And that flame, it's the start of the same flame. You understand? It's not a a new flame isn't produced. It's a continuation. Come on. It's a continuation of the first, the first source of light came then through Christ and then now comes to all of us to where we become the light of the world. See, we sing that a lot about Christ, but did you know that Christ says that about you? Matthew 5, 14. This is what Christ says to us. You are the light of the world. 
and like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. The light that you have been given was not given with the, with the tense and purpose for you to then take it and now let me keep it to myself. See, this whole thing, what we've been doing with Project Christmas, we, we are taking what we've been given and what we've been blessed with and then turning and giving it to someone else. We're taking the burdens and following the law of Christ and we're fulfilling it with action. We're just following in the footsteps of our Father. It goes on to say, uh, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. When we let our light shine out for all to see, what it does is it turns people to praise our heavenly Father. You, you may not have got this. So I want to make sure we say it. Your good deeds that you do for other people are not for you. It's the whole point of you doing something for somebody else in the first place. It's so that we take our light and we share our light and we bring more people into the family of light. We're not in darkness anymore. So why would we think to take what we've been given and then put it under a bushel? Why would we think that as a city, we were, we were, we've been built, we've been created through the power of the Holy Spirit to be a city on a hilltop? Why would we do everything we can to build up walls to not let that be seen? God wants us to shine our light so that we can praise our Heavenly Father. It says in this passage of scripture, we let our light shine out for all to see. What that means is that there's certain kinds of people who are going to see our light. Now I want to make sure we get that there's three different kinds of people that see our light. The first kind of people that see our light is our enemies. Your enemies should see your light. We don't really, we don't really like talking about that part. See, I... I'm not preaching specifically on this, but I, I want to address this. God's very clear. He has a very clear command, actually a very specific, short command for what we're supposed to do with our enemies. Love your enemies. Love your enemies. You're to love your enemies. That's hard. I get it, but we got to get over it. <laughs> we're a city on a hill. And, and as We've been given the light. We've also been given the command to not snuff that out for somebody else. We're to love our enemies. For the hope that maybe one day they might be able to join the family of light. The second kind of people that can see your light are your neighbors. Now, there's a difference between your enemies and your neighbors. See, your neighbor, they're the people that you know that aren't your enemies, but you know they're not in the family of light yet. They're not, they're not in the church yet. They're not in the group yet. They're your neighbors. They're the people you meet. They're the people that you, you come into contact with. They're the, they're, it's the guy who works the, at the Walmart counter. It's, it's, it's the person who gives you your medicine whenever you're going to wherever to pick it up. Your neighbors. You know, I love 
how the word says it when one of the religious teachers who was wanting to justify his actions, who's my neighbor? Love my neighbor as myself. Who's my neighbor? And Christ just immediately goes right into the, the story of the Good Samaritan. Okay, all these people that should have been kind to this man who was in trouble, who, was, who had been robbed, who had been beaten up, who had been, who was the one who treated him like a neighbor? Oh, it was the Samaritan. Okay. You are called to be kind and to love your neighbors. And, and when we love people, it's not through a kind of love that's, oh, well, how we think or what. The, the good vibes thing has just, I feel like that's kind of been made fun of enough in this church. And I appreciate the approach. Y'all are the Wednesday night crowds. So I don't feel like we got any good vibe people in here. You're not, being, you're not a microwave. You can't vibe something. <laughs> You can't, you, you can't emit a vibe that's not, y'all, you're love people. You're, the good Samaritan wasn't good because he walked by and was like, hey, man, good vibes, bro. I see you. Oh, he picked him up. He carried him. He took him to the inn. He made sure he was okay. He paid for what he used. And then he said, oh, and by the way, anything else that this guy might owe that's time, effort, and money. That's, some of y'all need to, oh, love is patient, love is kind of time, effort, and money. That's what love looks like. Time, effort, and money. That's love. So those are the second kinds of people that we're supposed to shine our light to. And the third one, the third kinds of people that we're supposed to shine our light to, and this, this really what we've been honing in on these last couple weeks, is our, we have our family that sees it, the people who are in the house. So you have the people who are outside of the house that see the light, and they go, oh, there's lights on. But people inside the house that should see the light. Matthew 12, verse 46. As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside asking to speak with him. Someone told Jesus, your mother... And your brothers are standing outside and they want to speak with you. Jesus asked, who is my brother or who is my mother and who are my brothers? When Jesus asks questions, it's not because he doesn't know. Okay? He didn't, he wasn't having a moment of like, who's my mother? My brothers? My brothers are here? No, he was, he was teaching a point of how we are to have a perspective when it comes to the family of God, the family of light in the church. Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Okay, disciples, who is your family? Who is your family? Anyone who does the will of the Father of light is a part of the family of light. Why is that important? Because everything we've been talking about the last few weeks has to do with the way we treat one another. And I don't mean one another outside of the house. I mean one another inside the house. I don't mean one another our enemies or one another our neighbors. I mean one another the flesh and blood people right now to your left and to your right, the people in this room, how do we treat our mother 
our fathers, our brothers, and our sisters. It, it's important. It's important that we get this. It's important that we get this concept because these are the people that God has commanded us to shine our light to above all else, especially Especially, you'll, hear, you'll see that word a lot, especially to those who do your best to share in the burdens, especially to those. Do your, do your utmost to help out with, especially to those who are in the faith. They're in the house. Do your best to live at peace with one another, especially among the brethren. Well, why, well, why, is, why is that a big deal? This is how the world will know that you're my disciples. By how big of a church you can build. By how cool your Christmas concerts are. By how awesome your volleyball and basketball teams are at the Christian school that you start. In the vision of your church. By how you love one another. And again, what's the point of us shining a whole light in the first place? So that people will see your good deeds, and praise the heavenly one. 1 John 3.14 We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Can, can we make that any more plain? Can, can we make that any more, can we break that down? Can we simplify that? Can we, no, that's one of those ones we, we don't want to put on a t-shirt. That's one of those scriptures that's like, oh yeah, put that on a t-shirt and see how well that sells. That doesn't sell. Because, and hear me, I, God loved the church. God gave Christ for us so that we could have the church. But the reason why we're not experiencing the power and the grace and the awesome different things and all the, is because we leave the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the love of God outside for the people outside the church. And we come in the house and we take our light and we put it under a bushel. For those poor starving kids in Africa, time Effort, money. Now, please hear me. Clearly, I'm, I'm trying to speak on a truth here. They need love. They need, our, they need everything we can give. But why are we devoting more time to strangers when we don't even know how to love our neighbors? And we can't even love our neighbors because we don't even know how to love the family. We, we, see, we've got things turned around. We've got things backwards. We've got the way the love of God works, trying to bring people to God from the furthest part out. The way God's love works is we, 
the way we love one another shows the neighbor how to be a part of the family. And as the strangers see the neighbors move to family, it takes the stranger, our enemy, the one who wants to kill us, see us destroyed, to where they go, man, those Christians. And if we can turn an enemy to a neighbor, before too long the Holy Spirit will turn a neighbor into a brother. The family of light. One candle touching another candle. One flame going across. God, we want to see you move. God, we want to see you activated. God, help us in our communities. You can't even help each other. And you're, we're wanting God to perform and to do. You can't even help one another. And, and, here's, what, and here's really where it's at. It's our inability to love one another. And our inability to love one another is directly proportional to our ability to forgive one another. The reason why we can't love one another is because we can't forgive one another in the family. I can forgive McDonald's when they mess my order up. I see them once a, you know, whatever. Once a, it's a lot less than it used to be. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it's a lot less than it used to be. But see, we can forgive a stranger. Oh, I can have grace on the waiter. Oh, poor guy. I'll, tip you, I'll still tip you a 20. Hey, God bless you, man. You must be having a tough day. But for my brother? But for my sister? But for my second cousin twice removed in the faith? I... Are you guys following me? We are so much more hard. We are so much more unforgiving with one another than we are with complete strangers. And what we end up doing is we, we take who should be in the family and we ostracize them and we push them out of the family. Are y'all with me? It's not the way. The family of light was not intended to work like that. They shall know me by the way you love one another. They shall know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another. We see all this married together and see how this should work in harmony in the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42. All the believers now stay with me because this is a crazy concept because I understand this isn't the culture we live in but stay with me. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. We could stop right there. What if we just all devoted ourselves to the teaching? that we get on a daily basis. And I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. What would happen if we just devoted ourselves to the teaching? And to, oh, and right up there with the teaching, the second thing, and to fellowship. Teaching and a fellowship. Being around one another. Being devoted to fellowship. The family of light. Well, do you want to be around the family of light? I hear so many people, you don't need the church to be a Christian. You don't need to be in church to be a servant of God. You don't need to be... What I'm telling you is you're missing out on the whole thing that God intended and set up. We were created to be a part of the community. That's what God's been doing since the beginning in every single covenant. In every single instance, God never said, hey, y'all do it all on your own. 
with me individually and will call that good enough. God's not going to create in all of our mansions in heaven a little throne for all of us inside of our own individual mansion to worship him there. No, the throne room is where we're all going to gather because that's where he's going to be at. That's where I'm going to be at. That's where I believe a lot of y'all are going to be at. But how do we feel about being there with one another? And a sharing in meals. Potlucks, Pastor Ashley's favorite thing. And to prayer. A deep sense, here's what happened when they all did these things. A deep sense of awe, awe, came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. And all the believers met together in how many places? In one place. And shared everything they had. They sold their property, possessions, and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, all the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship, to those who... I'm I'm having a hard time understanding how did God manage to do that whenever they weren't trying to build a smoke show on stage. Or build a big old, oh, we got to have a band with this many things. Or we got to have a building this big that's got this many bathrooms or this many parking spots. Or th- How was God able to do all that without all the different things? Because they acted like the family of light. They made people want to be long. They, they, they understood how to share in the gift that they'd been given. They were more focused on sharing the light than, than how the how the kids say it today, throwing shade. That was a good, you guys missed Jolie Moody's eye roll at me just now, but that was, that was a top 10 one I've got this week. But they were more concerned with sharing the light of the world. They were more concerned with fulfilling the law of Christ, which was to love one another more than their disdain for each other's ineptitudes. You know, my dad has a saying. Family's a lot like fish. After three days, you got to throw it out. Is that how we feel about the body of Christ? Is that how we feel about the people in this room? I want to encourage you. I get it, you know so-and-so's failures. I get it, you know where so-and-so's marriage isn't, their finances aren't, his attitude is, she said that, you bumped into her at, and she said, he said, they did. But you wonder who else knows all of our failures? Even on a deeper level than you think you know so-and-so else. And what did he do? God, you just don't understand. I just can't stand that person. All the while, Christ was nailed to the cross. You don't understand what I'm going through is so much harder, God, than the sacrifice. No. Clearly, all of our pain pales in comparison to what God, to what one, the Father did by giving his Son to us and then to what Christ did for us to give us the Holy Spirit. 
it pales in comparison. All God's asking us to do is to love one another, and our ability to love one another will only ever become to the level that we can forgive and have grace and have understanding for each of us. Can we not act like we're wiser than God and think, well, they have failures. They're not perfect, God. That's why I can't love them. That's why I get so frustrated, God, because they're not perfect. Who are you complaining to? <laughs> Who are you complaining to? Because the Father of light doesn't act like that. He doesn't think like that. We've got to love one another. We'll be known by our love for one another. 1 Timothy 5.8 Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What's the fate of an unbeliever? What's the fate of an unbeliever? Worse than an unbeliever is that person who fails to take care of their relatives, who fails to see the needs, who fails to understand. I get it. It's going to take some time. I get it. It's going to take some effort. But you might need to reorganize your priority list on what's important to you to understand that service to the family of God comes first. Service to the family of light comes first. You're a city on a hill. Quit trying to build up walls on who you want. Well, let's put a toll out, and if the people who can pay this toll, then they can come in and they... You're a city on a hill. You're a lamp. You were given the light. You have the wisdom. You have the understanding. You could. Can we love one another? I love how James 2, or chapter 2 says, If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? We have tried to make caring for each other so spiritual. Love looks like time, effort, and money. Time, effort, and money. That's what love looks like. It, and please hear me. I, there are People have needs beyond physical needs. But what happens when you give someone a gift that you know that they want? Something spiritual happens. Just through plain old money. I'm just telling you, if you think someone's mad at you, hand them a $100 bill. You can try it out on me. If you think I'm magic, come hand me a $100 bill. If you think I'm preaching to somebody in here, just come hand me a $100 bill. Yeah. But what will happen is that, oh my God, you'll see their account. What? You got, you got this for me? The light. Light in their face. Light in their eyes. Light in their countenance. Light in the way they speak. That. You think about Christmas Day, when you watch a, a, someone open up a present. What? I got this? What? It's light. It's light. When God gave us Christ, the perfect gift, God, you died for me? You sent your son for me? My sins are forgiven? You love me? You care about You want to be in a relationship with me? What? Family of light. Family of light. God's goal, I'm going to say this one more time. 
God's goal is to take an enemy, turn them into a neighbor, and then make them an eternal resident of the kingdom of God by bringing them into the family. God wants to take an enemy. That is God's heart because God sent his son that whosoever would believe, God sent his son, Jesus sent his son while we were still sinners. While we were still enemies of the faith, while we weren't even a part of the family of light, we didn't want nothing to do with the light, we were blinded by the light, we were all the different things. Jesus Christ still said, I want you to be a part. God's heart has always been to have a place where the people, where the community is centered around him. Romans 1.16 for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Get this principle. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. The power of salvation, we're following God's lead in everything that we do. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Our love, following the law of Christ, should be first for the family then to the unbeliever. If, if our love, if our love cannot be shown first to our own family, what hope do we have to love an unbeliever? What hope do we have to ever love an enemy? God himself sent salvation first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. We have to follow in his steps. We're not above God. We follow his guide and his lead in everything because he understands how it should be. We have to love one another. We have to commune with one another. We have to want to take care of one another in the different forms that we all have. And as we do that, as we hold on to that, as we grasp on that, we, we begin to show people what the true family of light looks like. The church gets a bad rap, like Pastor Ash was talking about a few weeks ago, because Across the country, I'm not necessarily saying here, but across the country we miss this concept. We've got to love one another. We've got to care for one another. We've got to provide for one another. And as we do that, the church, the people on the outside begin to want in. I want what you have. I want the community that you have. And let me tell you about, let me tell you about my Lord. Let me tell you about what he's done. Let me tell you about the community of people that love and walk out and act out. It's powerful. And I pray that that's something that we'll begin to focus on. As we come through this Christmas time, remember you're part of the family of light. And let's love one another. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.